Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. It is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast with Jeremy and Dave. Riffing about riff tracks and bad movies, such as The Godfather, Citizen Kane, and The Devil Wears Prada. Rusty. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but those are all good movies. In fact, great movies. Well, James, did you ever hear of a little expression called Eye of the Beholder? Well, yes, yes, but there's such a thing as truth, and you're not being very truthful. I disagree. What is truth? What is true blue? What is a riff cast? These are questions. They are questions. Look, why don't we just try a second take? All right. Hello, it is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast. Riffing about bad movies, such as Back to the Future, the treasure of the Sierra Madre and Cannibal Run. No, no, this I can't accept this. I mean, I'm not going to say Cannibal Run is great, but it's certainly good of its of its genre. And what genre is that? A film Twitter? What? Look, don't call me that. First of all, uh, a rollicking, frolicking '70s road comedy, I guess. Fair enough, James. Fair enough. All right, well, I, I think that's enough intros. Perhaps we should do an outro now. What do you say? Indeed. Thank you for coming to True Blue Riffcast. Sit back, relax, enjoy the cast. Thank you, Dr. Venture and James Urbaniak for that intro. This is the True Blue Riffcast. And first of all, before we tell you what's going on, I need to apologize for the length of time that it took me to edit this one. But as you'll hear later, Dave does say this one was going to be a bear. And it was a gigantic 800-pound grizzly bear. So with that out of the way, let's uh, let's catch everybody up, Dave. What you're about to hear is kind of, it needs a little bit of explanation. Jeremy and I were kind yes. of sort of wrapping up our discussion about Invasion of the Bee or whatever damn movie we were talking about just now. Yeah. Invasion uh, of the Bee Girls. It was that long ago. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> and suddenly I start getting like, like this weird noise in my ears. And it's like somebody I don't recognize. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, Jeremy, do you hear that? And Jeremy's like, no, you're crazy. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, like you really can't hear that. So I switched over because uh, Zencaster makes me use a different stupid browser now and um i go there and it's just like i see like all this i see an extra i see an extra uh, audio bar and it says mj elliott and uh there's matthew j elliott's camera right there and i was like matthew j i i i'm not sure what's happening but i think matthew j elliott is trying to crash the podcast and jeremy's like dave you're crazy that's not possible. I don't see it. It wasn't showing up I'm for like, me. Look, dude. Yeah. So like, so it took us about, I don't know how long it felt like a lot longer. And here, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to turn my camera off. There we go. Um, it took me way. It, 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 it took us. A, it felt like a lot longer than it did. It was like to 10 get or 15 Matthew minutes, into, I think to get it. Situation. Yeah, where we're just like, no, but it felt like an hour trying to get into it. But he could hear us. We couldn't hear him. Uh, Jeremy couldn't see him. He couldn't didn't have any evidence of what was going on at all. 
Like, what did you think? Did like, 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 did you think that I was like that? I was. Uh, uh, did you think that I was like pranking? No, you? <laughs> I I believed you because I did send him a link after we started recording, and I just said, you have to tell me." I just things. said, "Hey, if you're bored or you're not busy, uh, you can come crash the podcast." But he wasn't online at the and, time; like, he didn't even have like the little yeah. indicator wasn't there, so I didn't even think he was gonna get it. And then he started but showing he up. Did and yeah, I just figured I would let it be uh, a nice surprise, like actually somebody crashing the podcast. And that's what happened. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so that's what you're about to hear. Um, and uh, here we go. We are welcoming Matthew J. Elliott onto the podcast. Hello there. What happened today was that in England, I received a large selection of audio cassettes of Elliot Gould reading the works of Raymond Chandler. And I have been uh, <laughs> gradually converting them to digital during the course of the day. Uh, and this is absolutely true. And that's what I was doing when I got when I saw that I had received an invite from Jeremy, and I thought, "Oh, I'll get in, get in on this." But of course, it was still running while I was trying to talk to you guys. So that was why you couldn't hear me. But you couldn't hear me. I yeah, I, I think that was the reason why we were having all those all those audio problems. Yeah. But uh, Matthew, th- 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 thank you so much for invading the True Blue Riftcast. Uh, we just got finished. My absolute pleasure. We, 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 we literally, this is crazy. We literally just wrapped up our, um, our discussion about invasion of the B girls. Um, and about how, yeah. uh, we thought that it was, we thought that it was really good. And I said that I would sum up this movie by, by describing it as seventies boobs bodies. Cause that's like all I can remember about it. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. They saved a lot on costume. <laughs> so how would you describe Invasion of the B-Girls? Uh, you know, I, I was very hesitant about doing this one. It was, it was Ian that suggested it. And frankly, the further I got into it, the more I thought, I don't know about this. But it actually, it, it's, uh, I think it's worked out. It's been one of our, one of our most popular, certainly. And, uh, and one of our, uh, our most successful, I think. Yeah, I'm very happy with the way that it's that it's turned out, and I think that it's it's a funny one. The weird thing is, we give a lot of shit to the guy who plays the fat sheriff. Yes, he yes, also he played the fat sheriff in Hangar 18. <laughs> but the truth is, he's probably the best actor in the thing. Yeah, he's at, he's pretty good at playing the part that he is. And we yeah, he wasn't there. there. Uh, uh, we've also got one of the actors from um, Horror on Tiki Island, which was one of the very last uh, cinematic Titanic. Yeah. Uh, she went under the name of Beverly Hills at that time. She's Beverly something in this. Also, uh, we got one of the uh, now now the main uh, the main B lady in it, who the one who we say looks like Jacqueline Smith, but actually only kind of does. Now she to be on was it Wheel of Fortune or was it um, Price is Right? I think she was a Price is Right girl. Interesting. It's possible because, yeah. I mean, I'll have to watch that documentary about that guy that cheated real bad on it again to see if she's in it. Yeah. But um, have you heard about that? There's a documentary about a dude that, like, cheated on the Price is Right. I, ha- I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. Check that out. But anyway. All right. Well, you know, we have some of the things over here. Uh, Jeremy, so do you have any follow-up questions for Matthew J. Elliott about Invasion <laughs> of the Beagles? Because I do have one, and but I want it I, because I tend to dominate things. But uh, Jeremy Pluta, do you have any questions for Matthew J. Elliott? 
for Invasion of the B-Girls, I just want to know how they had credits left at the end of the film. <laughs> that is incredible. It's it's amazing, isn't it? There's just so there's so damn much. Who's who's being credited? Who who wants to take the blame for this thing? You know, that's that's amazing <laughs> to me. I, I we got to a point like two minutes in that, you, that has to be it. And nope, here's some more. Not the writer. And Nick Meyer, Nicholas Meyer. You know, I mean, I have I, a friend of mine is a friend of Nicholas Meyer. Yeah, Nicholas Meyer wrote this. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even want to take credit for writing this turd. Well, why? Yeah, we talked about it. He said, "No, I don't want nothing to do with this because it's garbage." <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by. Was, even if it was a mess at first. I'm grateful for the invite. I'm sorry that I caused all that confusion with uh, with Elliot Gould. I hadn't realized <laughs> it, was, uh, it was plugged in and it was still going. I was just up to the just onto the uh it's okay. The final stretch. I just want to say what's what's really weird with the package of the Elmer Chandles that I got was I also got this book called Fetal Attraction by Kathy Lett. Oh no. Uh, it seems to be entirely unrelated <laughs> to anything Raymond Chandler. It says on the back of it, Ozzy Madeline Wolf has left her home, her surfboard and Atmosphere for the new man in her life, Alexander Drake, undisputed king of the TV jungle, who gives the best cunnilingus this side of a detachable shower nozzle. <laughs> He's also the kind of bloke who goes through the tunnel of love holding his own hand. By the time Maddie discovers it's not just Alex's feet, but his entire body that's made of clay, Whoa. she's taken a pregnancy test and failed. Will Alex chicken out of his obligation to his egg? <laughs> Set amongst London's literati, glitterati, and clitterati, Kathy's brilliant new novel goes straight for the jocular vein. So it's it's kind of that's very much the Joker in the pack. Is that real? That is one hundred percent real. There it is. Uh, it looks like um, famous pop- popular singer uh, Dan Kylie Minogue on the front there. I can't be absolutely. That's that is the book Fetal Attraction by Kathy Letts. So, yeah, that came with um, Raymond Chandler's The Big Sleep Pharaoh, My Lovely, The Little Sister, The Lady in the Lake, and that. Not sure what to do with it, frankly. Oh, my gosh. Probably not going to listen to it. <laughs> Probably not. I Probably not. I don't, I don't think it's my oh, cup of tea. God, please no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, between this and B-Girls, it's giving you a very strange impression of what I do with my spare time. <laughs> no, I think, well, no, I don't think it's strange at all. I think it's, uh, but, um, speaking of bees, I yes. want, I did want to say that I was, I did want to say that slightly like, oh no, because we, we did talk about this a little bit before you came on, was that, um, yeah. I was like, oh, no, I know that Matthew J. Elliott and E. Potter both know that I wrestle under Charlie B. right yeah. now. See what there's proof of me in my other life. Okay, I, I, was, I, was, I was a little bit terrified that like, they might make some kind of like third or fourth hand removed reference to Charlie B. in this. And I didn't know whether to be, if it did happen, it, if, I should be ter- if I should be elated or embarrassed. <laughs> But I, it, it, if, if it happened, I didn't catch it. So I was just like, oh, well. Every time a naked B girl appeared, we should have had Charlie B saying, Mom, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, 
sailed, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, 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 it's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I should also add that uh, Ian just delivered our latest riff tracks today to uh, the love the wonderful Casey June. Uh, oh, nice! So that's we're like two two or three ahead at the moment. So we were very surprised to get the veil out uh, quite so quickly. Nice. The veil part one. Yes. We uh, we we actually yes we talked about the veil on the podcast yet. We just bear, we're, we're 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 playing catch up. So yeah, I um I I do want to say uh, particularly with uh like with the Rift Tracks presents brand. I've said this on the podcast before, but I also I mean it's been a while since you and me and talked directly like this. I know we talk sometimes on Messenger. Yeah, but it's been it's been it's been about five years since you and I actually like you know talk face to face first time talking face that's right yes but um i think that yeah. i think that the uh the uh, rift tracks presents brand particularly in the last 4 or 5 years has taken a bigger like role within within the company and within the brand and yeah. i think in the last 2 or 3 years in particular like we're getting a lot more of it we're getting a lot more from uh Bridget and Mary Jo, we're getting a lot more from you and Ian. And I Absolutely, think that's, yeah. that's just great. If we could get more, because, um, you know, Rift Tracks, I mean, we all love Mike, Kevin, and Bill, even though this was the first episode where of the podcast where we didn't talk about a riff by, by, Mike, by Mike, Kevin, and Bill. We talked about a riff from Bridget and yeah, Mary this Jo, was and we all talked about Invasion Rift of Beagles. This was all Rift Tracks Presents. So, um, the, uh, like, like just the way that you guys are just like, are so much bigger now within like, uh, within the company, I think it's so great. And if we could just get Connor and Sean into gear and get them to do a feature, uh, that would just yeah. be, I, I, I just really admire how you guys have just like picked up the ball and are just like running with it. Yeah, well, it's been, it's been a great time. And we, I'm- I've had a lot of a lot of fortune in being able, being able to write for Bridget and Mary Jo as well. So I've done a lot for them recently with uh, mm-hmm. you know Angel and uh, yes and uh, a couple of upcoming things that I probably can't talk about. Earth Angel is actually the one that we talked about. Yeah, I did about I, did, I wrote about twenty minutes of that. I think I did I did the very very be- I did the very beginning and the very end. So I I was the one who uh, put in a very difficult uh, line that says. Uh, I think he said Mary Jo brackets John Cleese in the parrot sketch impersonation close brackets. <laughs> hey, we should register. Hey, complain. I think Bridget ended up and actually ended up saying it. I don't think Mary Jo did it in the end because you just don't know what what additional lines are going to be added or taken away, and so you know who who ends up saying which line. Yeah. Here's my thing with 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 Earth Angel. How the hell do they get away? Because we because we did the math, and Mark Hamill was forty in this movie. How did they get away with? <laughs> how did they get away with making him a high school nerd at age forty? That makes no damn sense. I like someone needs to be arrested for that. Yeah, well, if it's it's in the movie. We put, we put it in there because there, there is a bit during the the scene where he dances with the girl, and he says, "I mean, look at me." And then the, the next line is, "I'm clearly forty years old." So uh, we got we got that in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Eric, Eric Estrada is the biggest defender. 
He really is. And why isn't he yes. at the end of that movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. And who, and who delivers the parrot? What's the story with the parrot? <laughs> we, never, we never get back to the parrot. The we parrot. My, about my, that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the obvious answer to the parrot issue is it's a talking animal. So clearly, Alan Young has got form there. He's got history with talking animals. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's he was the one that sent it. But if it's not, how does a ghost deliver a parrot? Plus message. How does that work? You know? Like, uh, the, the, none of the movie snide, makes any release sense. The snide cuts. Release the Snyder Cut of, of uh, Angel. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, we need answers to all these questions for this TV movie oh. none of us knew existed before January 23rd, yeah. 2021, when it was released as Rift Tracks Presents. Oh my God! You would say you say that. It turns out. It turns out. It's my sister-in-law's favorite movie. My wife has seen it a number of times <laughs> because my sister-in-law would repeatedly rent it out on VHS and watch Earth Angel. <laughs> Not Teen Angel, as it is mistaken. You're making that up. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was when I showed my wife some of the movies, oh she's never seen this. She's I've seen this movie several times. It ends, with, <laughs> it ends with her dancing with James Dean in the stars. <laughs> why did she? Okay, yeah, we talked did, about how unsatisfying the ending to this movie. Yeah, how was. the movie just like peters <laughs> out, and like, okay, so why? Yeah. why in God's name does she want to dance with with with, with James Dean, but not like the uh, like? Okay, she fell in love with 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 Luke Skywalker. Wouldn't she want to go back to Earth to make him happy and be like, and dance with him at the end? Because they fell in love in 10 minutes at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, he's got Cindy Williams now, and he gets yeah. to, you know, just wipe Erica Strader off the sole of his shoe. That's... <laughs> it's just a waste, though. I, I, do, I genuinely wanted to see the setup of Erica Strader and Alan Young just living together. You know, who's out of the door? <laughs> yeah. Was that was that your was that your joke about them? There's little sitcom material oh, yeah. the two of them. Yeah, that was me. I seen that seemed like a missed opportunity. I was about to say, I think it has to be. Yeah, I think there was a line that got cut where it was when we see Cindy Williams at the party with a very disturbed look on her face as Mark Hamill is uh, playing the sax. And I, I wrote the line, she just realized that round about now, Erica Strada is going through her underwear drawer. Uh, so that, that didn't make it a last. Perhaps for the best. My only thought during that scene was, I hope he brought his own reed and mouthpiece for that saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> That he took away from that guy on stage. Well, that, that's what again. That's why I, the line, the next line that comes along is there's some of my spittle on that. There were dweebs who on the internet who pay fortune for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness oh, gracious! Man. Yeah. But yeah, congratulations right, so- on on being the one who got to kick off. 2021 for Rift Tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's Thank great. You yeah, what I saw that you guys cool. had that released. Yeah, what an honor, and what a movie to start with as well. 
of all the films. And, and, and incredibly, because of the fact that it's a public domain movie, a, a really good quality cut of it as well. I mean, in terms of picture quality, not in terms yeah. of the of the picture, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Totally. Jeremy, what was the name of that uh, riff that they did last year? Uh, they were in outer space and they were walking around and nothing happened. And it was oh, like... Are you talking about Simon Outer Space? Yeah, Simon Outer Space. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other night. and I don't know why you asked about, me about like, that. <laughs> well, I was trying... Because... Be, be, well, I asked you about it because we talked about it on the podcast, okay? And... Um, <laughs> And I'm I'm trying to involve you a little bit in this conversation, okay? Yeah, come on, Jeremy. I can't carry this thing alone. Was that public domain? Because that's what made me think of it. You said public domain. Oh my god! And they had to sell it for like seven dollars because I guess the the quality of the picture of it was so garbage. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was very definitely a public domain movie. I I can't really work out what what country that that originates from because you have an American star. Rick Van Nutter, and I, when I, I say star in the loosest possible sense of the terms. He played um, Felix Leiter in, in, in Thunderball, um, the fourth Bond movie. Um, but also, with the, it's everybody's referred to as a cosmonaut, which would seem to uh, imply some kind of, uh, of of Russian influence. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's nobody wants to claim ownership of yeah. it. Definitely, yeah, that's weird. So I think that's I think that is why yeah. there's. there's Nobody cares enough to, uh, to to find a decent quality copy of it. And this is one of the things that I kind I really wish that uh, I really hope that Mary Jo and Bridget will uh, persevere with the Sherlock Holmes releases, the Basil Rathbone movies. There are I think thirteen in all, but four of them are in the public domain. There's no particular reason why only four of them exist in the public domain, but those are the four that have been riffed so far. So I really hope that they'll, uh, they'll persist and, uh, and do the remaining, uh, however many it is. I hope so. Cause those were, those were good. Yeah. Those, riffs. Yeah, those, are, those, are, those are excellent. Um, I think I read, I read something or Bridget said something. I, I can't remember what it was, but he, she said something about, she said something about you recently. And she said that you like, oh no, wait, it wasn't Bridget or wasn't Mary Jo. Somebody said, one of those two fine ladies said about Matthew J. Elliott that he really, really does know that his was Holmes. Mary Jo because she did it in our interview. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. that is true. I am. See, I can't even remember our own podcast. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't claim to be an expert on much, but one of the things I am an expert on is Sherlockian cinema. And once a year, I host the film evening of the Sherlock Holmes Society of London. So I uh, basically trace uh, movies from all over the world. Sherlockian cinema. Shock in cinema has existed as long as cinema itself has existed. The very first Holmes movie was in the year 1900. Uh, I've seen movies from Brazil, Japan, Hong Kong, uh, Spain, all over the world. There are astonishing uh, Holmesian productions. Uh, in fact, I just just yesterday I tracked down uh, okay. a, de- a decent copy of the Brazilian Holmes movie that I'd seen once before, which is called Rebecca Street. Which uh, is uh, translates as a tango on Baker Street. Oh, nice. that could be interesting. So I, I do have I, I I have a very specific question and then a follow up question, uh, and I'm going to present them as one. Who's your favorite on screen Sherlock Holmes, and why is it Jeremy Brett? <laughs> you know what? I, 
I have written a number of books relating to Sherlock Holmes, and one day I was signing no copies whatsoever in a bookstore when uh, a guy walked up to me in this stand that says, meet this impoverished author. And he said, I suppose you would admit that is the greatest Sherlock Holmes of all time. And I said, well, you know, it's uh, a great performance. (laughs) A lot of strange missteps towards the end of the run, a lot of uh, poor decision-making, that, uh, and as a consequence of that, the show really suffered. And he literally just turned his back on me. He just stood there, but he turned his back on me. He didn't want to hear. That is... I was waiting for you to say that 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 ended up being Jeremy Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Back from the grave. Uh, Interesting fact about Jeremy Brett. That's right, he's dead. Yeah, his real real name, his real surname was Huggins. And the the Arthur Conan Doyle's favorite actor to play the role of Sherlock Holmes before he passed away in the year 1930, uh, his favorite portrayal of Holmes on screen was an, an actor in the second era called Eileen Norwood. Now, Eileen was, Norwood wasn't his real name. He took Eileen from his girlfriend, Eileen, and Norwood from the area of London where he lived, Norwood. But his real name was Huggins as well, and there doesn't seem to be any uh, connection between the two of them. So that's kind of weird. Um, so, yeah, in honor of his reason, I would give props to um, Christopher Plummer for his performance as Sherlock Holmes in the 1979 Canadian movie uh, Murder by Decree, which is one of the best Sherlock Holmes movies, uh, directed by the guy who made Porky's. Uh, but I would also um, have uh, also give praise to the actress Yuko Takeuchi, who portrayed uh, Sherlock in the recent Japanese television series Miss Sherlock, which is frankly amazing. What about Robert Downey Jr.? Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I have no, it's a very broad church. Sherlockian, Sherlockian cinema is a very broad church. I have absolutely no problems with Robert Downey Jr., and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's going to happen with the third movie, which is going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, who was the real director of Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't even know that there was a third movie on the way. Yeah, no, it's happening. It's definitely happening. But uh, Guy Ritchie will not be the director of this one. But uh, Dexter Fletcher, uh, because of the fact that the work that he did on Bohemian Rhapsody, he started off as an actor. Uh, I think the only thing that you will ever have seen him in as an actor is the movie Doom, which is based on the computer game, stars The Rock. I think he, play, he plays characters in a wheelchair in that oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, but he, he's, uh, he moved into directing, and he ended up essentially directing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, even though the credit goes to Brian Singer because of you know union rules and things like that. And that has certainly helped his cachet to the end. He'll now be doing the third Holmes movie. As long nice. as there's not another Will, uh, Will Ferrell Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, well, you know, that, that one was in the works for a long, long time. That was announced at the same time, almost simultaneously with the first Downey movie. And the plan for that was that it was that Ferrell was going to play Watson and Holmes was going to be played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, but then, presumably because of the fact <laughs> that the, uh, the Guy Ritchie movie blew up so big, and then simultaneously you had Sherlock on TV with Benedict Cumberbatch, which became a hit that surprised even the makers of the show. Um, that uh, <laughs> didn't seem to be a point to do it, doing it at that at that stage, and it's only now that things quiet down a little bit that they did it, and everybody realised that they really shouldn't have in the first place. Ferrell's kind of amazing by that. He's either, he's all, all in. Oh, and he's either a brilliant or ghastly as a consequence of that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I don't know whether you've seen the uh, the Eurovision Song Contest movie that he's done, 
but it's it's very highly regarded over here. Oh, on Netflix? Yeah. The, the, because we in England love the Eurovision Song Contest. It's a huge deal over here. And this is actually a very a very fond depiction of it. So it's it's a very it's a surprisingly sweet film. And that's that's the thing with Farrell. He's either very, very good or very, very bad, and there is no in between. Yeah. That's true. I, one of the things I really like Farrell in is uh, a movie called Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. Um, where he's much more settled down. Like he's actually, you know, like he's not shouting like all his lines and, and being an insane person. But so, but something you said a moment ago reminded me of a story you told me once. And I kind of want, because it's Rift Tracks related. Uh, you mentioned... Um, the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, uh, television yeah. series. And uh, when Rift Tracks Live came to London and Mike, Kevin, and Bill all came to hang out with you, I think you said it was either Bill or Kevin came up to you and like accosted you and be like, what happened to Sherlock? Why was the last season so bad? Like you had anything <laughs> to do with it. I said, well, essentially, yeah, because we, we mess up in the Sherlock, uh, which... Um, it, we, uh, strangely enough, it does have a kind of a, uh, a great uh, comedy history. So it seemed like the perfect place to meet because this was the tavern where the cast of Monty Python uh, used to go back when they were involved in a radio show called I'm Sorry, I'll Do That Again. Uh, so was, that was a show that began with some of the cast of Python and some of the cast of another show called The Goodies that both eventually split off and went in their own directions. But they used to meet up there after their show. So that was nice to... Uh, and, nice to be to be able to sort of meet in that area uh so yeah we sat there and as it turned out the guys were about to go to the theater to a production of jb Priestley's and inspector calls which was taking down the corner so it was very handy um yeah and we sat down and bill said uh, so as a sherlockian expert uh what 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 went what happened with the last episode of sherlock and i said well basically bill they just pissed it down their legs is what happened <laughs> And you know, there's no, there really was no disagreeing with that. It's uh, it completely got beyond the control of its uh, of its makers. They uh, and it became more about the fans than it was about maintaining the quality of the show. I'm afraid. Well, I mean, it was Stephen Moffat. So, oh, speaking of that, um, is, is okay. Is he the guy Moffat? Was he the guy that messed up the last episode of Dracula? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 okay. it, so it's, 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 yeah, there's a, you can see a pattern. There, there is unfortunately yes. Moffat yeah. is a brilliant writer, but uh, but unfortunately it becomes it becomes very plain that he doesn't plan ahead, and then things happen, and then you go, well, wait, <laughs> you know, seriously, so. Dracula isn't really affected by the sun, but he's this has never come up in the 2000 years of his existence. Yeah, no, I was so mad about that. He's never even put out a pinky (laughs) just to see if it will burn. And also, also, like, and and Dracula will die if he bites, if he drinks the blood of somebody who is dying. And literally, that's never come up before. It's cancer. So stupid. Yeah. So they, unfortunately, unfortunately, this is what happens. Matthew, do you remember this last year? I said because, like, I'm a big Dracula. I'm a big Dracula guy. Like, that's like yeah. my, that's like my one of my favorite stories. Like, I, I I very much prefer the novel over, and I like radio productions. I don't think it's ever I don't think it's ever been done justice in live action, really. But that's that's just me. And I'm watching like the first episode. And I'm like, 
like this is what I've been like something that like I know it's not following the story, but like this is this is great. And I sent you a message like, oh my gosh, I'm like really enjoying this. And you sent me a message back. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you're enjoying it. And I was like, well, he obviously is not liking it very much. And, um <laughs> because he's not sharing my my enthusiasm like well he's like well i'm, I'm glad you're i'm glad you're enjoying it i'm glad you're getting something out of it and i'll be like oh something bad's gonna happen <laughs> and then the third episode comes around and you know they do their stuff on the demeter whatever okay that like that stuff doesn't bother me even the jump to the future doesn't bother me that much but like like the like like halfway through it like all the stuff they did i feel like they just wasted Renfield, they wasted. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, they wasted. Seward, yeah. They just like, yeah, they just like wasted all this stuff that they could have done. But and I don't really know what they were going for. Yeah, and like the, the kicker was okay. So so Lucy Lucy dies, and um, uh, not uh, not Van Helsing not van helsing's great granddaughter like she has cancer and they're like okay i'm going to open the windows and it's going to reveal to you that you that the sunlight can't hurt you that you're really just like paranoid to go outside like yeah. okay so at this point now th th this is what got me like oh no i've been wrong about everything i'm going to kill myself what <laughs> you're almost like take over the world bro yeah you have no limits now. You can go out during the day. Why are you killing yourself? And you're absolutely right about Renfield. The really crazy part about that is that the part of Renfield is played by Mark Gatiss, who is uh, Stephen Moffat's co-writer on this and on Sherlock. But he, he it almost seems like he forgot he was it. So Gatiss just so that Renfield just pretty much vanishes from the story. That he has, you know, fate. Uh, there's no, we don't find out anything that happens to him. He just stops appearing in the story. <laughs> so my particular uh, version of it is the version that the BBC did in 1979 with uh, Louis Jordan, which uh, it looks kind of cheap now, but it's uh, it's probably one of the more faithful versions. And Frank Finley is a terrific, uh, terrific Van Helsing in it. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's maddening. So Dave, you you said it's you said it's never been done justice in live action. Uh, so that means you did not like Dracula 2000. <laughs> I almost made it. I never even saw it. it. You know what? I've I seen never it. Even saw it. I've seen it. And you know what? I actually kind of like it. Because <laughs> it was it was, round, it was done by the guy. It was the cinematographer <laughs> on the Scream movies. So it was round about the period that the Scream movies were out. And there were a lot of uh, imitations of the screen films as well. So this has is totally similar to the screen films. So it's Dracula by way of Scream. So and that's not terrible. And then Christopher Plummer is in it playing Van Helsing. Yeah. So that's fine. By I mean, we got Gerard Butler, Jerry Ryan. Isn't that the one where they say Dracula's Judas Iscariot? Yeah, yeah. That turns out to be the the reason that the, he has a sort of this uh, this. Um, not it's not a fear of gold of, of like silver, 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 yeah. silver will will affect him adversely, and that, and that is why because he was he is Judas Iscariot, in, yeah, in the because of the thirty pieces yeah. of silver. But you know it's fine. It's got seven of nine in it, so that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, 
Star Trek Picard is seven <laughs> of nine in it, and look what happened with that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, because very, it's, we don't need to bring that up again, Dave. It's structurally not dissimilar from The Mandalorian in that we have an important mission to go on, but we need to make these few stops along the way. Uh, and yet, it happens in The Mandalorian. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you mean they don't hang out for three episodes on Earth and then just be like, and then Captain Picard becomes an idiot and Seven of Nine is like, oh, okay, you don't want me to kill, go kill that bitch. Uh, can I borrow these mm. huge guns over here, please? And Picard's like, sure. <laughs> but Picard, remember all the adventures we never shared together? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they know each other. How do <laughs> they know each other? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, uh, anyway, listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sign off, guys, because in England it is Shrove okay. Tuesday, and I don't have yeah. to tell you what that means. Yeah, yeah, you sure don't. <laughs> we will Google that later. No, you totally don't. But uh, hey, Matthew, before you go, thank you so much for invading the True Blue Rift Cats, Matthew. This has just been amazing. Yes, thank yeah. you. Well, me, me, and Elliot Gould and Kathy Letts author of Fetal Attraction. <laughs> uh, thank you for, for having me. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll copy them to digital and just send it to you. And dare you to look. <laughs> oh, man. And thank you, Matthew. Oh, man. Well, Matthew J. Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us, sir. My pleasure. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. And now we're back. Okay, cool. And now we're back. It's been uh, 40 minutes. Um, and uh, you you heard it. Uh, this is going to be a bear for Jeremy to edit because um, I, I don't I don't envy <laughs> oh, yeah. him this task. But uh, thanks so much to Matthew J. Elliott of Rift Tracks Presents. Yeah, that was awesome. Crashing the was True so Blue Rift cast. Um, so I think we're going to have to come up with a different title for this now. It's, um, it's wow. So uh, this is probably going to be the longest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, because we had our regular. We were just about done with our. Whole we were episode. really just wrapping it up. We, this might it might even be two episodes. I'll let Jeremy decide that because he runs everything. Yeah. But man, that was crazy. That was great. That was awesome. This is the best man. episode of the True Blue Riffcast. Yeah. <laughs> by far. By we far. talked about all kinds of stuff, man. It was. And uh you know, if you if you enjoy the podcast and you enjoy listening, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash true blue riffcast and you can support us for as little as two dollars a month. Uh, and actually, I'd like to thank our newest patron, Andrew Webster. Uh, thank you, sir, for supporting us. It's uh, much appreciated. Welcome to the family. And yeah, you know, we, we drop uh, some outtakes, some advanced looks at things. Um, all kinds of little fun, fun things over on the Patreon. So go check it out. And until next time, I Whoa, am Jeremy. I was going to say who you, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm jumping. The gun. <laughs> go ahead. And, and until next time, I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can follow me on Twitter at pbandawesome. You can send me emails, Jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at tbriffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, and you can check me out on DaveChadwick.info. And you can uh, go ahead and pre-order my new novel, Monkey, by Dave, Ch a novel by Dave Chadwick on Amazon. Just go to DaveChadwick.info. There is a link there. You can go pre-order a novel that I, Dave Chadwick, wrote. 
about a talking monkey and he grants wishes and it's going to be it's going to be great you should all read that and uh, tell all your friends and have them go pre-order it too and don't tell james when thank you <laughs> until next time guys stay safe and be good to each other thank you matthew 